The depleted Denver Broncos march into SoFi Stadium and unfortunately drop to Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. And now the Broncos, they've missed the postseason for the sixth consecutive season. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we talk about the Broncos offense and how changes will be coming. We look at the defense, the effort that they gave, and we also take a look at the final week of the regular season. How are we feeling? We share our thoughts with Broncos country and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Work, and this is my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. You can follow and subscribe to this podcast free and available everywhere. You get your podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. Lockdown Broncos. Like the video on Facebook. And once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown. Now, Broncos, your first listen of the day. Sadly enough, we have no good news for you here. Obviously, I say not a victory Monday, a very disappointed. I I wish I could come up with a word that describes disappointment with an M that goes along with Monday, Sarah. But unfortunately, no postseason for the Broncos six years in a row. Very depleted effort by them going into SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. And unfortunately, uh, just laying an egg. Just not a very good performance. And there was a multitude of things that factored into it. How you doing, my man? I know Broncos country's... Uh, very upset. Look, Sarah, coming into this game, I knew the expectations with how many players were out. I didn't have high expectations, but I, I, I the outcome, well, I'm not mad, Sarah. I'm just disappointed. That's a great way to put it, Cody. I, I mean, you and I were talking before we started the recording today, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it is, you're like a disappointed parent, just like, I, <laughs> I can't be mad at you. I love you still, Broncos, but I am disappointed in you. But I feel like there's a, a portion of Broncos country, Cody, that might resonate with me a little bit in this. Like, it's kind of like on The Office when, when Michael Scott, he knows that Toby is, is leaving. He's leaving the office. He's moving to Costa Rica or whatever it is that he's doing. And and Michael is so excited because he knows that he has one more day with Toby. That's it. And he throws this big old party because after after that day of work, Toby will no longer be at the office. That's kind of how I think a lot of Broncos country probably feels about Vic Fangio and his staff probably not being on the team next year. And I think, Cody, for me, this game, I'm able to really – soak in this loss in a different way without being like like legitimately after the Raiders game after the Bengals game like I was legitimately upset because that that yeah. was that was that was disappointing in a way that like makes you like okay like the season is done and we have to kind of like deal with that right but now it's like the season is done and now we get to kind of move forward into some maybe post Vic Fangio coaching staff talk like legitimately we got some clarity I think on that on that front from this game. No, we did, and it just really just coaching was was a huge issue in this game, you know. And I get that the Broncos had a variety of second string, third string, and even practice squad players that were called up and forced to play in this game due to all the COVID issues. The last time Sarah and I recorded, the Broncos only had like seven or eight total players. Then that jumped up to about fifteen to seventeen players. Obviously, no Jerry Judy, no Bradley Chubb. I mean, the list was very. I'm, there's no point even going over, and it was bad. And so you had to rely on a lot of these other guys that probably haven't had much, you know, much experience throughout this season with on field reps. 
reps, but going to coaching, I, I think we also learned something as well as Benjamin Albright, a good friend of the show, had tweeted something out about some internal issues with Pat Shermer that obviously now when you're entering the final week of the regular season, some things are going to start to come out a little bit to kind of put things into perspective here. So we'll talk about that. And I, I want to pinpoint the tweet right here and we'll talk about the offense, how disappointing it was in this game considering all things. But Ben tweeted out, anytime you have players who go directly to an offensive coordinator and say, hey, coach, this isn't working here. Here are some things that we could try. And that OC blows them off by telling them that they're players and it's their job to execute. I'm the coach. It's my job to coach. He says, you know, he's not long for the job. And look, I will say this as well. Players do have to execute, right? Players play. But, you know, good coaches, they listen to their players as well from time to time. And I think for anybody, anybody who has watched the Broncos offense play can say, hey, they shouldn't probably do this play anymore. They shouldn't go with this scheme. They should probably do this a little bit better. You know, I think a lot of it, Sarah, and I don't want to beat a dead horse because I know it's a big dividing issue in Broncos country, but I really do feel like Pat Schirmer's offense in these two years, it has really wasted an entire season of Drew Locke. I mean, watching this game against the Chargers, I thought Drew played really well for the most part. You know, obviously he had some mistakes and some throws and some opportunities that the Chargers didn't capitalize on, but for the most part, Going at this game, Drew Locke was not the reason this team lost. He, he did as much as he could to provide them with the spark. And watching him move the ball downfield, I'm sorry. I get Teddy was the safer option. I get it. I completely understand why the Broncos coaches did it. But that is exactly why they're no longer going to be the coaches after the season. Exactly. I mean, it's no coincidence that since Drew Locke has played these last couple of games, Jerry Judy has one of his longest plays of the season. Noah Fant has his longest play of the season. Big game for him, any- man. Big game for Noah Fant. Finally, Cody, did we see Yak and a red zone target for Noah Fant in the same game? I can't even believe it. I about passed out when I saw both of those things happen. So I was excited about that personally. I don't the final score notwithstanding. I mean, that was great to see. But you're absolutely right. And that tweet from Benjamin Albright, I mean, that is that is the cherry on top of it all, right? We could talk about so many different problems that we have with Pat Shermer, but the fact that he he's kind of gone and taken that kind of a stance against his players because any coach, I believe, Cody, and you you know this as a coach, if you're a coach and you're not for your players, you're a bad coach, just yeah. straight up. And you've got to be for your players. Yes, the players have to go out and execute, but if players are coming to you and asking you to collaborate – I know this as a leader, Cody, that if you're not willing to collaborate, you don't have the trust of the people that are beneath you, right? Yep. So if you want to if you want to build trust with your players, you got to be willing to listen to their ideas, especially when your ideas suck. And I, I just hate to be that blatantly, you know, obvious on the show. We love it. We love it. We love it. But Pat Shermer, like seriously, in all in all honesty, Cody, before this game, I legitimately thought, okay, like. I, I kind of feel bad talking really badly about Pat Shimmer because I feel like he still cares. And the play that he called in the red zone, the flip to Kendall Hinton from Mike Boone of all people, and Kendall Hinton throws a pass to Drew Locke, who had just been in the locker room with a hurt shoulder in a goal-to-go situation. I believe that was fourth down, too. And, yeah. and he calls that play. And to me, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow. I was wrong. Pat Shermer doesn't care. And that, to me, was the icing on the cake. And then Ben, ben goes and tweets the, the thing that he did about Shermer, and it all makes sense to me. So I'm 100% with you on that, Cody. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it was a complete joke. Like this, this season, 
was a joke. And if you don't think that Drew Locke was affected by Pat Shermer and how bad of a coach he obviously is, I think you're wrong. And I don't think that's making excuses for Drew Locke. Look, at this point, Drew Locke's future is we don't have a clue. I think you and I both agree he'll be on the team next year. We don't have a clue what the future holds for him. But I completely disagree with anyone that doesn't think that Drew Locke was held back by Pat Shermer. Evidence all around the board. Look at other players who had regressions in their season from offensive linemen who've regressed, from skill players who've regressed. I, it, it's very evident that this is a scheme that didn't utilize his players. And, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to hear, but on Thursday, I got a chance to ask Pat Shermer a question about the Broncos' offense. And it was with Noel Fant, Albert Oakwebenham. I asked him about the fact that, you know, hey, when the uh, we've seen Noel Fant, Albert Oakwebenham utilize a lot more downfield in the last couple of weeks. What's made it to where that is now the point at this part of the season? Like, how come that hasn't been a focal part earlier? And he said, well, you know, a lot of it just depends on how the defense plays. He gave me just a, a very vague answer that didn't yeah, offer really did. any insight into it. And so I, we've gotten that all year from Pat Shermer in terms of being members of the media. We've asked about the offense, and we just get these general vague things. I mean, Tom McMahon, I asked Tom McMahon about kick coverage. He gives me detailed answers like about angles and trajectories, hash placement. I mean, it's just stuff like that. And I get uh, guys are different, but you can tell that this coaching staff, you can tell that Pat Shermer, there's a stubbornness to him. And look, Vic Fangio, there's that stubbornness to him too as a head coach. And unfortunately, it'll be his downfall. I expect the Broncos to make changes. Will we see it this week? As of the recording of this, we have no idea. But you know what? At this point, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if George Payne says, hey, this is not what we want. And, and, you know, I get maybe you want to allow guys to finish out the year, but it's the final season. You know, some guys might check out, and I think it's really on this coaching staff. If the coaching staff appears checked out, the player's going to check out. So I don't know how it's going to go, Sarah. I just think it's very frustrating. All the points that we touched on, we'll talk about, obviously, you know, on the defensive side of the ball coming up here in just a moment. But Broncos country, before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos post-game report. Unfortunately, the Broncos fall on the road in very, very disappointing fashion to the Los Angeles Chargers. Some good friends over there at Bilt Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars are healthy. They're covered in 100% milk chocolate, and they taste just like a candy bar. I know you've heard that before from other protein bars, but Built Bar is legitimately the best-tasting protein bar that I've ever had, that Sarah's ever had, and we want you to check out all the amazing flavors. They have nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor that changes from month to month. You can check out some of the new specials at Built.com. And if you need a little bit extra fuel to get you through your days, well, Built Bar is the perfect pick-me-up because the bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. And with the new year, you probably have some New Year's resolutions, and obviously maybe being healthier is one of them. Built Bar is going to be the one thing that helps you get there. So go to build.com, check out all the amazing flavors and options that they have. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. You know what that's going to do? That's going to get you 15% off your next order at build.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at build.com. All right, Sarah, jumping in the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country. Unfortunately, the result was not what Broncos country wanted. Very disappointing season, but you know what? We appreciate you for making Sarah and I your first listener of the day. Lockdown Broncos, we provide you with year-round coverage. Even when the season ends, Sarah and I, we have shows that we're going to do for you in Broncos country. There's so much to talk about, and obviously this offseason is going to be very exciting. I think from us in terms of roster building, you get to hear our unique perspectives on how we would construct things, some of the potential moves the Broncos could make. But, uh, you know, now we got to focus on really the game here still. And obviously a very disappointing mm-hmm. loss there, you know, the disappointing – depleted Denver Broncos unfortunately when you came out and started this game I was I was very disappointed from the onset right special teams gives up a 42 yard kickoff return 
to Andre Roberts. He'd actually get a kickoff return for a touchdown a little bit later on the game. Just uh, brutal. You know, we'll talk about special teams later. But the defense had a very porous first drive. But you know what, Sarah, after that, I thought they did a really good job adjusting. Unfortunately, Sarah, late in that game, Mike Williams caught Kyle Fuller sleeping and gave up a big-time long touchdown. But for the most part, man, the Broncos' defense, despite not having Bradley Chubb, despite not having several key guys, no Ronald Darby in this game ruled out right before kickoff. You have obviously no inside linebackers, no Kenny Young, no Baron Browning. You're missing your key guys there. And all of a sudden, they, they come up and they still step up. I mean, the secondary played well outside of the Kyle Fuller play. Nate Harrison stood out, in my opinion. But, man, I just – what thoughts do we have? I mean, what takeaways do we have in the Broncos' defense? And, you know, I think the concern is maybe we can address it here on the podcast. I think Broncos fans have had the dilemma, and we've talked about it here on the show. If you get rid of Vic Fangio, how do you keep the defense intact? The defensive players aren't going to change for the most part. You could preserve that. So, I mean, ideally in this situation, seeing what we saw with all the guys, the backups that were playing – how did you feel about the defense's performance on Sunday? You know, Cody, I'm I'm the same way as you in that I felt like after the first drive, I was like, well, about to be a really long day for the defense because, and unfortunately, that's kind of been a theme regardless if the Broncos are fully healthy, right? Like the Vic Fangio defense has been known somewhat, at least, to be giving up these early drives. We saw that against the Giants early this season. We saw it against the Jaguars. We've seen it against a lot of different teams where – the Broncos' defense is not exactly like a shutdown unit. They've ranked yeah. number one in the NFL in scoring defense, but it's not like an offense is coming out there and going three and out every, you know, when the Broncos decide to kick it off to start a game. That's not the, that was kind of the way the Super Bowl 50 defense was. This defense is a lot different in that they just really tighten up in the red zone and force you to kick field goals instead of score touchdowns. But I'm with you. I feel like there, there's such there's such a, a, a positive to be taken away, not just from this game, but from the season as a whole that we've seen. The, the Broncos roster is in such a position, Cody, that, that I feel like they're really set up, that they have key starters coming back at every level next season. And that includes a position group where there are two free agents who open the season as starters, Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson. I feel like their two spots, I feel like they've kind of been Wally Pipped. I feel like Jonas yeah. Griffith, uh, Jonas Griffith, and uh, Baron Browning, who obviously Baron Browning didn't play in this game. He was one of the hundred players on the COVID list for the Broncos. But even though he didn't play, I feel like he and Jonas Griffith have proven that they can be the future at the linebacker position, which is a has been a huge problem area. And the NFL right now is all about those unicorn athletes being able to play yeah. the linebacker position all three downs. The Broncos have two. They have two guys who are absolute freaks off the charts. Athletes. And even Kenny Young, so potentially three guys. Exactly. So, so you've got to be pumped about that. No, I, you know, I am too. And you look, I, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, Sarah. This is just me daydreaming visually while we're doing the podcast here. You know, we want to talk about some good things. Unfortunately, the loss sucks, right? So let's envision some good times ahead for Broncos country. You know, just thinking about the possibility, let, let's say Dan Quinn becomes a head coach for the Broncos and he runs the defense he's been running. Could you imagine him utilizing Baron Browning or Jonas Griffith in the role that he was utilizing Micah Parsons? Now, oh. not to say that those guys are all comparable. Micah Parsons has had a hell of a season for yeah. the Cowboys. He's got a different skill set to him but watching Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning when you watch the tape with these two guys 
you can use them in that same exact facet. You don't have to just designate them to inside backer. You can be super creative. And Dan Quinn, if anybody can do it, guess what? He's already done it before. He can do it there. Not to mention what he can do with this secondary, which in my opinion, the Broncos have a much better secondary than the Dallas Cowboys. So I would love to see that. Now kind of keep it things here on the secondary. Sarah, there was one thing I was really impressed with, and I think this kind of summarizes my thoughts on the whole entire season defensively. Patrick Sertan had several 1v1 reps against Keenan Allen, obviously in that in that first quarter. Then there was a goal line fade, a one-on-one. He played that so perfect from a technique standpoint, from being able to get in phase, timing the ball, going up and knocking it away, making it incomplete. I, I tell you what, this kid has been so special. He's been the prominent pick for the Denver Broncos, and he's not the only one, though, Sarah. He's got he's one of the very many rookies that have been contributing this season. So, but just initially watching Patrick Sertan, we've got 16 games, right? The 17th games, obviously, this upcoming week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Was he worth the pick here in first in the first round for George Payton? I think so. I think you'd be crazy to say otherwise, especially with how poorly the rookie quarterbacks have played outside of really Mac Jones, who a lot of people you know think, well, the only reason he's successful right now is because of Belichick and McDaniel's, and and that's a different argument for a different podcast with Patriots colors. But I feel like for for the Broncos' money at that ninth overall pick, Patrick Sertan. And, and I'm surprised more Broncos fans don't complain about the guy that you mentioned, Cody, Micah Parsons, right? Because he's been, yeah. I mean, he's arguably been the best player on defense in the entire NFL this season. I don't know if that's a hot take necessarily. No. He's been that good. So I feel like the Patrick Sertan pick, however, George Payton's statement was accurate, even though I think that a lot of his comments have gotten mis, you know, misconstrued in them. <laughs> There's going to the be days, so many people know, that do that. I know there are, but him saying that it's hard to find franchise corners, like it really is. I mean, there's not that many Patrick Sertans in the NFL these nope. days. There just aren't. I mean, you, you don't see guys like him, Cody, like you mentioned, to see him playing against a, a receiver like Keenan Allen. I think that's a perfect, perfect example. Keenan Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL at finding ways to get open. He couldn't do it against Patrick Sertan. Jamar Chase a few weeks ago. Look at the game he just had against Kansas City, too. So that to me, I'm just like, wow, I, it blows my mind. It, 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 it's mine. It, there's no other way to put it. I mean, that's the guy's just a straight up star. If, if Broncos fans are looking for, again, like you said, the loss stinks, but there's reasons to be positive. You're looking yep. for reasons to be positive. You don't have to look very far. Honestly, this team has so many good pieces that the fact that we can now clearly say, it's been the coaching staff that's kind of been holding a lot of these guys back. And to their credit, I think they have done a good job of developing some of the young yeah. guys in a, in a number of areas, individual case-by-case case case basis. Vic Fangio's defensive scheme, obviously good for a lot of guys. But when you're looking at the roster construction for this team, a guy like Patrick Sertan is a guy that you would want to build around. If you were to, if you were to poll actual NFL decision makers, general managers, scouts, executives, and you ask them, hey – Who's the young corner that you want to build around for the next foreseeable future? I, I bet you're going to get a lot of PS2 in that poll. I think that speaks very highly, too. And I can't wait for some of these executive surveys to go out at the end of the season. They'll definitely go in and reflect that. We'll see how many all-pro votes some of these players get. Defensive rookie all-team. I mean, I think Patrick Sertan has definitely made a strong case for that. And Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, 
we, you know, we, Sarah and I, we're going to dive into a little bit more. It's the final week, right? So we're going to talk about our final week feelings here of the show. Now, even though we're going to have you covered all year long, this is the final week of the NFL regular season. So we have to talk about that. But before we do that, let me tell you about Get Upside, the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And ladies and gentlemen, Get Upside is an incredible app where everyone who buys gas, they need to know about it. It's called Get Upside. And listeners of Lockdown Broncos are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas that they purchase every time that they fill up. All you got to do is just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the gas pump ever again. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank here today. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN today. All right, sirs, so we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Unfortunately, not a victory Monday, a disappointing Monday, whatever we want to call it here around Broncos country here. We're venting. We appreciate you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day with both Sarah Bettinger and myself here of Lockdown Broncos. Final week feeling, Sarah. A, a lot to get into, a lot of hypotheticals throughout this week. The final week of practice preparation for the Kansas City Chiefs, and then it's it. And really interesting point here with the loss on Sunday, the Chargers, the Broncos, they are assured of a fourth place finish in the AFC West. And that means that they'll host the Jets and they'll travel to play the Panthers in 2022. And they'll also play the fourth place AFC North finisher, whoever that is at this point. But the Broncos will play whoever that team is in the AFC North, whoever finishes last on the road next season. This is courtesy of our good friend, Eric Dalala of DenverBroncos.com. Uh, disappointing once again. I mean, I think we all want uh, ideally, uh, if the Broncos weren't going to win the division, they weren't going to make the playoffs. We at least wanted them to finish third in the division. But once again, they're at the bottom of the AFC West. That brings us to a bad feeling here. But let's talk about our final week feelings here. Can any changes come soon enough? Do you foresee anything mm-hmm. happening this week? If you were in control, Sarah, what would you do? If it was me, Cody, I would definitely be at least informing the coaches of my decision. Like this last game isn't going to do anything to to sway me either way. Like George Payton should be able to make that decision right now. And frankly, you, you can't help but wonder now that the playoffs are officially, the Broncos are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So that now changes the discussion quite a bit, actually. Because they've been officially eliminated from the playoffs, I do think that you have to at least inform Vic Fangio and his staff that they're going to be dismissed at the end of the season because you can now interview coaches from other teams if they're willing to do that, which we saw Dan Quinn, he declined the Jacksonville Jaguars option, which that might be a a different story than just the fact that the Cowboys are still contending. But you can actually interview these assistant coaches and and you can get the ball rolling on that now. So not that the Broncos are really missing out. I, I'm pretty sure the Raiders and the Jaguars are the only teams right now that are that have coach vacancies. And and so we'll kind of see what happens there. But it wouldn't be the worst idea for George Payton to legally get started on that process, right? Because if he knows he's going to be moving on from Vic Fangio, I feel like that might be a wise decision. Well, I think Ian Rappaport on Sunday, too, before the game, tweeted out that no firm decision has yet been made on Vic Fangio's future, but I feel like the outcome of this game probably cements it, which now allows, as you said, George Payton to begin the process of saying, hey, 
we're going to begin our look for the next head coach. And, and he has all control, all power to do that. Uh, you know, in this final week here, obviously a meaningless game in a sense outside of just playing, which I think you can go back and make the argument that adding a, another regular season game in general just absolutely is meaningless to the NFL in general. It gives us another game to talk about. It gives fans, you know, an opportunity to attend one more game, but it gives media markets more chance to make more money. But I think we've seen that this is really just a meaningless game at this point for the Denver Broncos. So you just have to finish out the season playing with pride. One thing I hope for, I hope that we don't see any major injuries in the final season, the final game of the season. Because, Sarah, that it can be very demoralizing, especially with a major injury. If anything were to happen this late, that obviously prolongs the impact of recovery going into next season. So you don't want any of your key guys or guys that you want to build around or any player in general to have a major injury that potentially impacts them being available at the start of next season. So you already lose Dalton Reisner in the game against the Chargers. Not really sure what his injury was, but he was ruled out with an elbow. Not sure if it's going to be, well, obviously, well, there's one week left, so it could be season-ending by definition, but not sure the real timeline or if he's going to have to get surgery. And it's a big year for Reisner next season. Now, outside of that, Sarah, we talk about avoiding injuries. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to this week as the Broncos prepare for their final week of the 2021-2022 NFL season? Well, just like with any other meaningless game, which I agree with you on that, it is a meaningless game as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned. And the, pr- the primary concern is obviously, obviously staying healthy. But I would love to see some good things from from these players. I mean, the Chiefs do have something to play for, so that kind of that kind of makes things interesting from a player evaluation standpoint, right? Because the Chiefs aren't going to be resting starters. I think you can kind of go into this game and accurately say we can get a good look at. I mean, I want to see Jonas Griffith go up against Travis. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see him go one on one, but I want to see him out <laughs> in coverage against Travis Kelsey. I want to see how he does spying Patrick Mahomes. I would love to see, like you said. Uh, maybe a, a more of a role like Micah Parsons in Dallas for him blitzing and getting after Patrick Mahomes. And and I could go down the entire roster and say there's a lot of things that I want to see from a lot of guys. Yeah. Did you see the catch we saw from Seth Williams against the Loved Chargers? Loved it. I didn't Love like it. the – I didn't like. I, I understand for him it was his first big NFL regular season moment. The Broncos were down by so much. He still yeah, does the celebration. I was yeah. like, great catch, man. But dang, yeah. I, I get it. This is big for you, but yeah, the overall yeah. moment not very big for the team. But yeah, yeah no, exactly. spot on. I do agree with you. Yeah, definitely. And for Seth Williams, it's kind of like, well, you want to say act like you've been there before, but for him, he literally hasn't. hasn't. (laughs) He hasn't been there. So I don't know what I would do. I would probably start dancing to Jig Cody if it was me out there catching an actual NFL pass. But but in all all seriousness, I think that's something to really look forward to in a game that is meaningless in terms of like standings and all that. It it doesn't, it's not meaningless in terms of draft standing. So the Broncos, obviously they lose this game. There's plenty of teams with a similar record as them. I'm looking at the updated draft order right now, Cody. And as we sit here speaking before Sunday night football has been completed, the Broncos are in the 11th slot and they're tied with Atlanta at seven and nine Atlanta. Obviously they have a a worse opponent strength of schedule right now. So they're ahead in the draft order, but, and there's a real potential that you could be picking once again in the top 10 of the 22 uh, NFL draft. So that to me, there's there's lots to, to kind of be looking for in this game. You want to see the players really show well, but you're obviously okay with whatever the outcome is, as long as you come out healthy. 
And it would also be nice to end the season with a victory. I mean, like you mentioned, Kansas City has a lot to play for. They have not locked up, I think, the division yet. If, or No, they've locked up the division. They have not locked up the one seed, which they were hoping to do with they win against the Bengals on Sunday. But Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow absolutely went off in that game. That was kind of fun to see. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you, you make a great point. And I want to see more continued development, like you mentioned, with guys like Jonas Griffith. But not to mention that, too. I really was impressed with what I saw from Nate Harrison in this game, playing inside the nickel and light for Caden Stearns, who was out due to COVID. want to see him get more opportunities. Guys like P.J. Locke, some other depth options there. We saw Jonathan Harris come in and contribute. It, it was nice to see these other guys contribute, but unfortunately, we talk about it. The war of attrition was a little too much on the defense. I don't even think we have to spend anything on the, on special teams there. I think that's a foregone conclusion. The Broncos going to definitely make changes there, and they need to. This was just a poor game from a special team shot, uh, standpoint. But, you know, want to give a shout-out to Brandon McManus, career-long 61-yard field goal right before halftime. Glad to see it there. That was about the only exciting thing that really happened outside of that besides Drew Locke finding Noah Fant for a touchdown. Yeah. But, ladies and gentlemen, the Broncos season is over in a sense from anything meaningful outside of us being able to watch and cover the team here continuously. Broncos country, we have you covered all year long, even when the season ends. Sarah Benger, myself, we have you covered with free agency coverage, NFL draft news, offseason moves, mini camp, training camp, preseason, regular season. It never stops here at the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. It would mean the world to Sarah and myself if you'd hit that follow or that subscribe button free and available everywhere you get your podcast hit the subscribe button on youtube you can watch us on your tv your phone or your computer every single day hit the thumbs up button here as well to help push us out into the algorithm but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in once again sarah and i will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show could changes be coming this week that's something that we ponder as well not to mention your mailbag questions here at lockdown broncos send them in to cody work nfl sarah benninger on twitter and myself and we got you covered here every single day